Welcome to the Ryan Ocean Podcast. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of the Ryan Ocean Podcast. And this week on the show is the authority, Eddie Torres, on the line, coming to us from, I like to call it central, south central Florida, down there in the Tampa area. Where, where exactly are you located, Eddie? Um, Bad Tampa, Murphy. I'm primarily living in Zephyr Hills, but Tampa area is primarily the main spot for me. Awesome, man. And, uh, you know, it's a little a little bit late notice. The podcast comes out today, Friday, so we're recording. I just had to down a couple of cups of coffee before making this phone call. Uh, how's your morning been? Going good, man. I'm actually at my large coffee right down from Wawa, so I'm enjoying it. I'm with you. I'm hyped up. Oh, man, Wawa's the best. I love Wawa. Um <laughs> So we've, we've, we've been doing a series of podcasts here, not, not a particular, you know, I don't want to call it a specific topic or anything like that, but obviously we're all kind of in this lockdown situation. So that obviously tends to come up. Um, it's a really, it's a really uh, weird thing for all of us in the world of independent wrestling, because we're in a situation now where, you know, we can't do what we are normally used to doing, um, on the weekends, traveling around or anything like that. So you know, it's affected some more than others. Obviously, the talent in mm-hmm. larger places that make a living, they're not exactly making a living. And then a lot of, you know, indie guys that have day jobs where are, you know, our weekends are a little jacked up. Some are acting like they're it's it's financially devastating to them. But um, what what how how has this affected you? Has it affected you at all? I know that you have. You know, you're you're like myself. You know, you, you set yourself up pretty well. You have a day job. Uh, you're still working and things like that. But mm-hmm. how has the absence of the the professional wrestling scene due to all this affected you personally? You know, it's, it's that's the biggest issue I've noticed myself. You know, everyone so up in arms about independent wrestling being, you know, shut down. Of course, everything's shut down. But for me, it's it's not, you know, my day job, like you said, I, I work. Uh, I have a really good day job. I'm grateful for that. I'm blessed to be out there. Um, you know, not having to really change that, just dealing with the outcomes of everything that's going on in society, really. But as far as professional wrestling goes, like, I, I think that for me, it's, it's not, it's giving me the opportunity to heal, <laughs> yeah. you know, rest up. I'm, I'm, I'm older. You know how it goes, man. You get beat up, you know, you want to go to the next match, your weekend, week out, whatever. Um, it got me the opportunity. It's actually got me to sit back and kind of evaluate what kind of things I want to do in the future. Uh, do I miss it? Do I have the itch? We all have the itch. We all want to do it. You know that. You just came back, you know, you're dealing with a, a, a surgery yourself, you know, yeah. and you're trying to get back in it, which is actually perfect for you because now everything's shut down. you got time to come back. Yeah, everything, you know I mean? but, every, everything closed. And then uh, yeah. I had only been about four weeks post-op or so, I would say, maybe yeah. maybe six yeah. And everything shut down. I'm like, wow, I guess I'm not, everybody's missing time now. So it's kind of like, I, I went from, oh man, I'm going to be out of the scene for X number of months to, oh, well, fuck, the whole yeah. scene just got shut down. So everything not, got dropped. Yeah, everything. I, yeah, you and another friend of mine uh, uh, got hurt too. Uh, Aaron Nova, you know Aaron Nova. I think we joke on him a lot. Mm. I, uh, he's another kid that got hurt too. Um, and he was all, you know, a lot of times young guys get so upset about being hurt. Oh, I don't want to do myself. Everything, everybody shut down. Everybody, no one can do nothing. Yeah. You know, unless you want to be those those guys that want to do backyard shows, that's on them. But for me, it hasn't really um, done anything for me besides, you know, just kind of like reorganizing what I need to do. Once everything comes back into normal, man, I mean, everybody be okay. Like, for me, I'm good, to be honest with you. And I know that's, that's not something a lot of people care to hear, you know. I think they focus too much on the negatives. They look at the positives. 
give an opportunity to learn, sit back, study, work on yourself. I know the gym's ain't out there, but you know, you know, come on, man, people could do something. Yeah, I know. Uh, for me, you know, I can't even work out anyway. But I, I went as soon as the gym mm-hmm. shut down because I think it was. I can't remember what day it was, but the uh, governor of Florida had announced that they were shutting down the gym. So I immediately mm-hmm. went to Walmart and bought like every single weight that they had, even though I can't use them yet uh, because I'm uh-huh. still in the. Uh, I'm doing isometric movements and stuff like that right now with my arm. I still yeah, bought yeah. them just in case because you never know how long stuff's going to get shut down. But you don't, it, you don't. Th- there's a lot of people that are just like, you know, it, acting like it's the end of the world. When in reality, for me, if if anything, this has given me an opportunity to sit back and you kind of reflect a little bit and think to yourself, you know, we see, especially the other day, a lot of people just got uh, laid off or released from the WWE and stuff and everybody's all up in yeah. arms. To me, this this whole thing, that included... Um, everything else that's going on, especially in the wrestling industry, because you've—I'm I, I, sure you've probably seen some things the same way I do. Uh, one of the biggest things that I've always hated was how you—you you have certain people that um, look like look down on people and think that they're better than others. Now, there's mm-hmm. certain situations where I, where I—I I don't want to say I agree with that, but I do believe in a in a hierarchy, so to say, in the world of professional mm-hmm. wrestling when it comes to experience. Uh, veterans, green guys, so on and so forth. But there, there's also this degree of cockiness that comes with people. Like, take a take a talent that gets a rocket strapped to their back, and in three years they're at the top of the mountain. When generally that person usually ends up becoming an asshole, and nobody likes them. But situations mm-hmm. like this for me have allowed me to sit back and think like nobody is invincible. Everyone's world can stop at the drop of a dime. Um, mm-hmm. And like you said, the perfect opportunity to heal. Uh, and it's basically like a really big, giant self-reflection that I would hope everyone's doing. You know what I mean? That that everyone's realizing maybe the people that I sat on a pedestal aren't as worthy as I thought they were prior to this. Or And at the same time, maybe the people that uh, were trying and grinding to get somewhere or to get something... Maybe they were chasing the wrong thing. Do you know? Does that make sense? Yeah. That, no, it makes perfect sense. I, I agree with you. That that for me, and, and what people put as their priorities. You know, this this makes me wonder. And I'm not, and I'm I'm not going to talk negatively on these people because I respect the drive and I respect the uh, what what word am I looking for the the hustle of it. You, you have a lot mm-hmm. of guys, especially in the world of independent wrestling, they think that in order to make it, they have to 110% go balls to the walls, nothing but wrestling, which means mm-hmm. they don't have a day job. They probably live in an mm-hmm. apartment with five other people, um, which which I can respect that. And that, that's kind of like a, a musical artist mentality to have or mm-hmm. like an actor moving to Hollywood, quitting everything and trying to go after that. But in my opinion, in the world of professional wrestling, for our craft, it's so easy, super easy, to hold a day job and still pursue professional wrestling because the majority of the shows are on the weekend. That this mm-hmm. makes me wonder if that's going to change people's mindset on, I need to stop everything I'm doing in order to make it, or if they're going to realize, no, I need to make sure I have my life situated and then I can pursue wrestling but I need to make sure that when wrestling goes away or if wrestling goes away at the drop of a dime, I'm still good. Does that, you know, I'm so, does that make sense? I think that's one of those things where guys that, that prior to all this happening, 
never really had any life lessons done to them, you know, per se, whatever they're going through. I'm not going to just put down their life or their families or their parents or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a delusion in a, in a business that's about illusion. You know what I mean? It's not, don't be, don't be dissuaded to think that you have to give up every aspect of every other part of life just to pursue a dream. You know, like those actors, like you said, that go to Hollywood, they go, they don't have to deal with the stuff we do because we have to get physically involved. We have to, we have to get in there and really um, grind it out and deal with the physical part of it because, you know, it's all about the physicality of it all for us. So we, we're more in danger to hurt ourselves with no medical insurance because a lot of these guys don't got a full-time job or don't have a job at all and don't have any backup plan. I, I baffles me. And, and I say in my Facebook post, and it's always taken negatively, I say what I say based off my experience, based off the experience I shared and to hear from my peers and people like you and others that I, we shared the role in locker rooms together and we all got to do what we have to do for our families, for ourselves in general. You know, it, it, it's just one of those things where, you know, now it's a self, you have to self-reflect on what is more important, you know, self-preservation and trying to pursue something outside of those things. So you could be just showing there's nothing wrong with having a backup plan. None of them had a backup plan. Yeah. Now they're going stir crazy. And, and then it, my issue is we all know wrestling doesn't pay millions of dollars, especially independent wrestling, yeah. you know? And, you know, so you're, you're, you're really that hard up for 40 bucks. You know, I'm just saying, like, you know, then you really need to evaluate your life. You know what I mean? Because it's an issue, you know, if you're not pursuing And, you know, I said the other day, go to online schooling. Go do something. You know, use this time to pursue an avenue where, because wrestling, we all know this, Ryan, you know this, we're growing in. It's, there's, the train slows down over time. It's just going to happen. It's inevitable. You know what I mean? So I don't want to be those, I mean, respect all the old time, but I don't want to be that guy that 60 years old, and hopefully I'll never wrestle our 60 guys, God forgive me. But, you know, it's one of those things where I look back and I didn't do anything of merit besides just wrestle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if wrestling can be passionate and you can pursue it and go for it, but reality of life comes on you and then you're faced with what you know like you said those guys that got all released god god bless the fact your families and you know that's just life that's just people have to, that's the part of you put yourself at the the, the feet of big corporations and, and wrestling you know the whole wrestling monopoly of it all becoming the fact that they, they they have to do what they have to do fiscally you know what i mean and you know so those guys are gone you know and other promotions like I think Ron Lee posted about it. Like, don't be, don't, don't be disillusioned. Think AEW and other promotions won't do the same thing. No, they will. Well, I here's a thought that I had, and this is this is AEW related. When you're talking about the business mm-hmm. aspect aspect of things, mm-hmm. and we never, and on a sidetrack, we never come on, and we never, we we don't. Uh, as wrestlers, we don't get into. Some of us do. I kind of do, but I don't mm-hmm. publicly talk about because I think it's weird to do it. Um, you know who I mm-hmm. hopes wins this championship and all this other kind of stuff because uh-huh, uh-huh. I still get entertained from watching it, but I don't discuss it. But what I do like to on here discuss is the business side of things of the business, and this is something I was thinking about the other day since you brought it up. In terms of AEW, a lot of people mm-hmm. are talking about how the I, I don't want to call it a failure. Some people are calling it a failure, and I think it's because they were just hoping it would fail, and this is their excuse to call it a failure. But the XFL having to file for bankruptcy. Um, obviously, yeah. no one foresaw any of this coming. They did what they had to do. There's no way that they could sustain not 
paying everyone and not having a, a league. They Ooh. have not been around to build any of those sort of funds. So they had to file for bankruptcy, so on and so forth. WWE is somewhat related to that. Individuals ended up getting laid off. There could be some sort of connection and some sort of tie. That that doesn't matter. But when it comes to individuals on the business aspect, like you discussed, and I saw that post by Ron. I read it as, as well. Yeah. Um, AEW... I don't know if anyone's thought about this yet or not, but the owner of AEW, Tony Khan's father, owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's where most of their mm-hmm. money comes from, I, I believe. I think they have a lot of money tied up internationally as well. But I'm sure yeah. that that family is going to take potentially a big hit too with the with what's going to happen with the NFL. And as a football fan, I hope the NFL is business as usual by the time the season is supposed to come around. I don't I don't necessarily know if it will be, but the, the Jacksonville Jaguars could be severely hit financially because of this. And then, in turn, what happens to AEW for that? Like, no one has discussed that. No one has, has looked at ha, – you have this wrestling promotion that they've had for, what, a year now versus yeah. the Jacksonville Jaguars. If it comes down to it and they had to pick or choose one or the other, I'm pretty sure they're mm-hmm. going to pick the Jacksonville Jaguars. But for in, in terms of that mindset, I don't think that they are – in a position right now where they're probably looking to bring on a bunch of new people, not in this mm-hmm. current circumstance. So the, you know, you know, fan, people talking about them going somewhere like that obviously is not going to happen at this time. And then to, to back up the other, you know, what Ron said as well, in terms of wrestling shows, you know, you know, I, we do the shows up here in Pensacola. We average about 150 people or so that come and watch it, which is a pretty decent for an independent show. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't think you know everybody wants everything to get lifted and everybody is it's good to be positive um and and i don't feel like i'm being negative but everyone is oh we got to start wrestling again we got to start wrestling again we got to start wrestling again i don't think you i don't think they realize that when things open back up let's say they they're supposed to start opening back up next week but it's going to be a slow build just because shit opens back up doesn't mean they're going to be like, okay, you can have crowds of 200 people and go wrestle in front of them now. That might take, that might not be until September or October before we reach yeah, that people, point. People are not going to jump out of your seats with the hysteria of the pandemic and everything to run and go watch independent wrestling shows, knowing there's a lot of, you know, unsanitary situations happening at shows, period. You know, there's two men and women, you know, wrestling and movement and, you know, sweat and blood. And I mean, people are so, uplift you know up in arms about all of that they're not gonna jump and especially if you think about a lot of shows like up north I've, I've i've been to your shows up north you know you have a a, a older base show yeah people who are in the middle ages older you know there's young you know a lot of places like that um that i've worked for um you know up in the panhandle also up there you know it's, it's one of those things where you're not gonna get a younger crowd you're gonna get a family-based crowd right you're gonna get people like that they're not gonna come out and pay you know, whatever amount the shows are, to right away. You're right. They're gonna. They're gonna. They're, a lot of people are following the 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 way everything is going. Plus, keep in mind we're coming into the hurricane season too. Yep. You know what I mean. So we're dealing with that. So I think with like the the, the fact you're right about AEW being hit. It's. I don't. My, I agree with you, and there's a part of me also thinking like with response. We're not putting into consideration. You know, the, the network financial aspect of it, a TNT with them and, and sponsorships are still keeping it uplifted. I don't think they they will find anything new. I think they will probably may have to make some decisions. 
I think if, if this, they ride it out a little bit, like this lasts a much longer, yeah, a lot of people will be hurt. If WWE's being hurt, then I get it. But the good thing about AEW, they have one entity to worry about. They don't have multiple shows. I mean, they have multiple shows, but in one network. WWE has all these things they have to kind of fill up spots. And I'm just going off my, my assumption of it all. They have to make, they have so many other wrestlers. They have so many wrestlers. Damn. And, you know, like they have, they have an overabundance of guys. They're over, they're, the pool is overwhelming. So now they have to make decisions on, you know, people who don't play part. Golf, you know, it sucks that a lot of those guys are, are great times for being with the promotion for years. And, you know, but it's just people have to make decisions and they have to do what's best for the, for the collective, you know. And it's one of those things where, you know, people are up in arms about it, you know, and they're, oh, man, what, what are they going to do? It's not going to be a spot. Like, just, just wait it out. Give it time. You know what I mean? Like we all have to wait it out. This is not like you know. This is a serious situation. You know that everyone needs to take into mindset when wrestling. Wrestling's never gonna go nowhere. It's just gotta just give it time and needs to heal. You know this is gonna be a healing process where everyone's gonna have to hit promoters, uh, sponsors who promoters rely on to you know compensate for the talent pools at times. Unless you're one of those promoter promotions that have to settle on just paying your own bills. You know it is what it is. You have to deal with it. Yeah, there's a lot of there's other variables too that come into play. Where um, yeah. I, I'll use Elite Championship Wrestling up here for example. Mm-hmm. A lot of our guys, um, half of them, travel in from mm-hmm. Louisiana. Right now, you're not. Okay. I believe you're not allowed to leave New Orleans. At last I checked, mm-hmm. and this is within the last week, but you can't leave New Orleans. Um, and we're also not allowing travel. I believe from Louisiana into Florida. So. Who's to say things won't start getting lifted and they say, okay, you can't have crowds more than 100. I could be like, okay, well, we could do a wrestling show and limit the crowd to 100 if I feel – because my area has not been hit really hard. I, and you you could go out here and there's still people all over Lowe's and Walmart. Um, it, it doesn't okay. – it hasn't seemed to get slammed. So I have a small bit of confidence that if I were to do a wrestling event four weeks from now, um, people would come. and I And I might be able to cap that at a at a crowd number if i need to stay under a certain number but at the same time i half my roster might not be able to come because they're not allowed to travel so that's another situation that comes into play also um that there's there's so many variables that come up when you're discussing first off if there's no pandemic putting a wrestling show together in general now, yeah. now you throw this in a mix and different rules and laws and limitations going on because if I understand correctly, we're going to start – it's going to be a regional-type state, even within state sections of the state. Like I would not be surprised um, – sometimes I feel like this part of Florida is kind of forgotten about by the governor and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if it's a situation where, okay, the counties that Tampa and Orlando are and, you know, 100 miles around them and then Miami – those are going to stay here, but the Pensacola area, you guys are allowed to do this now. Some of your beaches can open back up. They might mm-hmm. open things up based on location like that. And that that's something that with p- the way people come in and travel and the performers themselves for events that people, I don't think, are necessarily taking into consideration when it comes to putting on shows. So I, every time I see it, another wrestler on social media posting about how can this just go away so we can wrestle again? I sit there and I think like, man, I really hope that you don't think that this is going to just be gone next week. Even if you're allowed to go to a restaurant next week, I highly doubt you're going to be allowed to have an event with a hundred something people at it. I just, I just, I just don't see that. But speaking about social media, you're always on your extremely 
outspoken, in my opinion, in a good way on on your social media about the wrestling business itself. We kind of tapped on some of it. I I have. I have my pet peeves, and I know you have your pet peeves. And other, I've talked to Francisco Chiazzo; he's got his. I know there's all all the guys that we know within our kind of network of people that have their certain pet peeves with the professional wrestling industry. But one of the things that that sparked me uh, to getting you on was a Facebook Live that you had done, and you're basically talking shit, and I really, really liked it. But what <laughs> what what are and and this this is this to me is some of the best conversation to have for people to listen to because i feel like it yeah. helps enlighten people a little bit but what are some of your biggest pet peeves in in the wrestling industry today versus maybe when you first started and I, i'm not trying to segue you into talking about anything in particular um such as the no, business no, I, changing I, I, and evolving. I have no filter brother I have no filter. So, so, <laughs> so what, what? What is your what? What are what are some of your bigger pet peeves with the industry now? And we'll and we'll talk on the independent level because that's where we're at. Yeah, of course. Um, I think one of my biggest pet peeves is just the 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 overwhelming audacity that a lot of these young talents come into, and they feel entitlement. Entitlement is a big problem for me. You know what I mean? Like it's it, you your brand spanking your green you know green as hell. Yeah, and you feel like you should you 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 know you should be given not only a opinion on what you should be doing, like if some young guy comes to you, which I'm sure you dealt with, and comes to you and say, hey, you know, you know, they contact you and they're asking you to be on the show, they want to be involved. There's got to be a level of humbleness, yeah, not entitlement, not a, like oh well, you know, I come with this, this, and this, and this. No, well, you're we don't have you're asking me to work, or you you're part of this locker room you know you may like his work or her work but you're coming in this like thinking you have a chip on your shoulder that's the problem it's entitlement it's a big issue for me because the comparison when i started you had to sit in the corner you have to pick your spot help out around and do things and you know you know it's going to be hey we need a ref i need you guys a ref boom you're in that ring and the ref yep. you know we need to play security you're security you know i remember when i first came up uh ipw i used that I, that's not, you know, it's, it's funny how it's full circle now for me, you know, when I worked at IPW now to then. That was a green boy starting out, and I was working there, and I was just sitting there hoping for an opportunity, showing up every week trying to get a spot, uh, and then just paying my dues, you know, and, and you know, when the opportunity came here, you took it. No matter if it was a five-minute squash match or not, you know what I mean? And the comparison from 2001-ish around that time to now if you're in a room with guys like vets or people like you mentioned already, um, against a young guy brand spanking me from, you know, some school, no one knows who's trained by, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's like, we don't know you. Oh, well, I got this. I got that. Or they'll message you show up, bring your bag, be humble. Now that's not everybody, but that is like 80% of them, man. And it, 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 that's my, one of my biggest pet peeves. Yeah. It's, I don't it, understand. There, there's this mindset yeah. of like, wrestling owes them something and yeah. when i when i was brought in i was taught that first off i i came up in a place where we got our asses beat and i don't want to say that mm -hmm. not in an, not in an abusive get the fuck no, out way no, no. but it was kind no. of to see is this guy tough enough and not and you know everybody knows what what professional wrestling is you don't have to paint it as something that it's not but the the it wasn't to make sure you were tough enough to survive a wrestling match it was to make sure that you were tough enough
to like survive the grind that could come along with professional wrestling. And if you were kind of, you know, like a real life tough guy. So, you know, mm-hmm. given the worst case scenario, you could defend yourself. And it mm-hmm. really helped find out, does this person really have a passion for this and they're going to stick with mm-hmm. it? Or are they, are they just coming in to play something and they're they're not going to really love it that much? And I feel like that's something that's missed. And it doesn't, you don't have to beat the shit out of guys in training or anything like that. But the you like you said the the mindset of i the re, the mindset of the wrestling business doesn't owe me anything and mm-hmm. i need to shut my mouth and open my ears and open my eyes and watch and learn seems to have kind of gone out the window now you have and you you pointed at this you'll have a guy that'll hit up a promoter ask them for work come mm-hmm. there to work Promoter, okay, like here's okay, here's what I need you to do, blah blah. And then you'll have guys that are brand new that'll have the audacity to say, "Oh, well, my character doesn't do that." And it's like, mm-hmm. uh, "Sorry, bro, I don't know who the fuck your character is, and this is who yeah. your character is going to be today." <laughs> unless I have no, yeah. Unless Vince McMahon or now Tony Khan has been paying you, and you are a mainstay on fucking national television or worldwide television. Mm-hmm. Don't come into an independent show that you've never been at before. Nobody knows who the fuck mm-hmm. you are and try to say that there's some sort of character that you need to stick mm-hmm. to. Otherwise, it's going to throw something off. It's not throwing shit off. You should be honored to be there and be honored for the opportunity. Yeah. Yes, sir. No, sir. Go out. Go over. Go under. Whatever it is that you're asked to do and then press on. And that's how you get more bookings. So a lot of times, yeah. some of the guys will come in on no act entitled, and you could tell they they might bring like their girlfriend or something like that to the show. Mm-hmm. They'll beg for mm-hmm. this or that. They'll get it, and then they wonder why they're never booked again. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. like, well, you yeah. you saw it right there. The the entitlement is a is a it, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. And it's not just professional wrestling. It's it's kind of the a youth as a whole. And I don't like to consider uh, myself an old guy. Yeah, it's but. a generational thing. It's a generational thing. It's it's just a generation. They they, they never had to work for anything. They, no. they never had to earn anything. They just kind of were thought in the process that everything's acceptable to them. And wrestling goes like well, those young guys we talked about the entitled, which I'm going to call them that now. Yeah, uh, it's one of those things where they come in and you've dealt with that. Like I have, I've worked shows, I've promoted book shows myself, and it's one of those things where you're asking me something, not realizing that I know you're worse. I'm not saying you're not worse. But I know you're worse. So if I'm interested to bring you in and work, it may be conflict of interest here and there, whatever, financially, whatever. It could be whatever. But if you're coming in a certain way and I know you went to a, you know, XYZ promotion and you did the job over there, but you won't do the job over here in a better spot, I presume, then guess what? Then you can stay over there. Yep. You know what I mean? Because it's not, I don't need you. I don't, you know, and it's not being egotistical, which people tend to believe I am. No, it's about being understanding of the business. I want this to go this way. You know, I would like this. This is you're coming to a promotion that already has a, a vision of what they want. If you ask my opinion, and you say, "Hey, I mean, what do you think about this ending? What do you want to do?" Then you're you're giving me the respect of value my 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 insight. But if you're like, "Hey, man, listen, I know what you can do, but I need you to do this," and he, you know, I'm just you know, I'm just going to clean. Okay. Well, so, oh well, you know, you know, that's a big issue. Going to the clean is the biggest issue too. A lot of no the things- to go to clean. A lot of the ways that people look at it or should look at it is you, mm-hmm. you have you have a person on the street, right? They really, really, really need a job. That could be your independent yep. wrestler guy. They really, really need a job. Yep. So they go to McDonald's. Mm-hmm. McDonald's, this is the promotion here. McDonald's says, yeah, yep. we're hiring. We can give you a job. The, the guy's like, great, cool. When do you need me to come to work? 
Uh, this Wednesday. Come to work this Wednesday. Okay, perfect. Guy shows up to work this Wednesday. Super excited. This is the wrestler showing up to the promotion. Never yeah, had a job. Yeah. Really needs a job. McDonald's manager goes, okay, cool. Uh, welcome. You know, I said we had a job for you. Here you go. You're going to be uh, working the grill, cooking the burgers. The way it happens in professional wrestling, that guy turns around, looks at the manager, goes, oh, no, I'm sorry. I don't cook burgers. I only work the register. And the, the McDonald's manager is going to say, oh, okay, well, uh, fuck you. I need a burger cook. See you later. But in professional yeah, That's exactly what it is. It, 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 that's a perfect analogy, no, no lie. Because it's one of those things where, you know, you won't say that to anyone else. Now, granted, they might, and this is where I get upset at. Like, if you, I wrestle, and I'm sure you have as well, you've been across the broad. I wrestle in front of thousands. And I wrestle in front of tens, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And it's like, I've always been able to say, if you're, you're con- you want me to work your show, if I contact you and you say, hey, I'm going to wrestle and I'm front of that crowd in any possible way I can. Like, I'm going to give them the best customer service, per se, the McDonald's than I could ever will. You know what I mean? Because that's what, that's what it's all about. That's what builds my stock. Yep. You know what I mean? And builds me up within the promotion. If I got to go and, and they call it the job, they don't, these guys don't know what the job is. You know, getting jobbed out is a lost art. You know what I mean? But it was an art. We know a lot of veterans in the scene that made life out of jobbing out. Yep. And it doesn't mean a lot, but sometimes you wait for the opportunity, you know, because they get swayed by other places. Like, oh, well, you know, I want this, I want that. You know, they, they make it obvious that you're a segue to what they want. Rather than say, I'm here, I'm going to give you 150%, whatever you need me to do. Because a lot of people value that. I'm sure you do, I do. You know, I, I could care less if you could do a hundred freaking Canadian destroyers, man. If you could sell that punch, I can't and you do, could go ahead and make that do, guy look good. I can't do one yeah. Canadian destroyer. <laughs> I can't even. I can't, I, never, I can't even do a drop kick. So oh, drop kick! No. Hey, you keep your feet on the ground, bro. Like yeah. I'm a little, you're a little taller guy than me. You're a little more heavy, tight, tall guy. But it's one of those things where you know what I'm saying. Like you, it's it's, it's just entitlement, and the other issue is the political game. We all know that's the big, ooh, politics. Yeah. Politics. That's a big pet peeve for me. Young too. guys People don't play. know. Well, that's where I'm not afraid of. Young guys don't know politics. So. <laughs> no. no. I, their opinion of politics is becoming best friends for promoters who are young, don't know anything, or they they, they, they kind of like draw in the fans when you're not supposed to. Yeah. Oh, I'm, this is my best friend. And I blame social media for that. I blame them. But I, I also blame the fact that they, they, they know better. They were trained better by certain people. They know the people value. They, they, just, they just work that gimmick. You know, like, hey, well, you know. Well, so. speak, speaking of training, now you're down in the Tampa area. You said you're just north of Tampa, correct? Um, yeah, I'm north of Tampa. You're, you are in an area. And, and tell me if I, I could be wrong or I, I could be right. This, this would be up to you mm-hmm. to verify. You guys have a lot of schools down there between Tampa and Orlando. And I'm not saying that any of them are good or bad, or, and they're all bad. There's yeah. some great schools. Francisco works with WWN. Um, Gang- yeah. Gangrel has a school down there that I've seen nothing but good things come from. I've seen a lot of positive schools. But at the same time, you also have a lot that may be negatively impacting the wrestling industry. Do you think yeah. that part of the entitlement that performers have today potentially comes from maybe – there being such an overabundance of locations to train at. And I'm imagining these schools don't want to lose students. So they're going to treat them a certain way to make them happy and keep them there. That, that pumps out a lot of entitled wrestlers just based on maybe they were trained that way. Mm -hmm. Maybe they were Mm -hmm. trained kind of 
coddled a little bit of milk and cookies because mm-hmm. it, you're you're in a different area where if 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 you get booted from this school here, I don't think it's far fetched for me to say you could probably go to another school twenty minutes away. Yeah. Whereas you know up here it's a little bit different. In Texas it was different. I trained in San Antonio. We had the only mm-hmm. school that I know of in San Antonio. If you wanted to train anywhere else, you know you were going to drive two hours away. So we yeah. we were the place there. Whereas you're in an area where you might have ten wrestling schools in Tampa. I don't know. I might be I might be lowballing it. Where I might be too high. But the it, oh, does does that does that does that seem to make sense? Do you think that could be a contributing factor to at least in that sector of the the country for wrestling? Well, you know, I think it's it's like again being I'm really respectful to all these schools and people because I know a lot of them. I've been the I've gone to all these schools that that I like to go to. Um, been to WVM school a lot with Frankie's at. I've been a lot, a lot. I'm I'm close with David Mercury and he's part of Lethal Academy. Yeah, and he's co-trained over there with Lethal Lethal, and they produce a lot of high input talent. Uh, you know, in the indie scene. You know, I think it's what it is. Is and there's other schools obviously. Um, in, in the area, those are the two that I focus on. Not to say anything wrong, but the other schools, we only have a report of both of them. Um, it's, um, but then you got like schools in 3D, team, I can believe, whatever, all the other schools out there, whatever, but like 3D school, whatever, um, academy, guys like that. Uh, I think it's an issue where some of the guys who came up the business a little bit after me, they're a part of the schools and training and some of the guys, I don't see my generation or where those guys came like kind of like in between now and then. Um, they're accept- socially acceptable to how the business has kind of changed. Cause we know the ch- business has changed. Yeah. Some of us like to keep true to the, the values that we, cause I think we need to reflect on those things. I have no problem adapting and working. I've done that. You know, people say, Oh, you spot monkey. And I was doing spots before spots were super cool, dude. You know what I mean? So, I mean, maybe I am part of the problem. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? But that being said, these schools, these trainers need to make their money. I have nothing against that. You know, you have to play the game. You know, you can't, you know, this is a business uh, at the end of the day. But I just feel like, you know, you are, you just really need to take one guy that you know is going to be a bad egg no matter where you go and make an example. Not to say that you need to bully him, but you need to make an example that this is not, toler- this is not going to be tolerated. You're not going to go out there and be entitled. You're not going to be the politician that's doing bad things in X, Y, Z. Um, so a lot of you guys coming to the scene, maybe we're not, you know, giving... A, a real perspective of how you should be. And like you said, going back to the days you trained, they, they, they beat the hell out of you, you know, and, and not necessarily in a bad way. They, they tested your resolve. I was tested constantly. You know, I'm sure you were as well. So it's like, you, you know, to see if you can handle this. This is why some of us have lasted all these years. No matter if they want to scale us or who's, if you consider what we've done to be, uh, um, you know, up there or not, I, I've, you know, we both, could agree we've been around. We've done a lot, you know, in yeah. all respective careers. So experience, you can't take away. That's one thing we got. I got, I've gained, I've worked hard for every single bit of it. These guys don't want to work hard for it. They, they just, they get this training and then they don't like the way they're trained. They move to the other school. And if you don't just jump, you know what I mean? This is not like you, oh, you can't find something at Walmart you want, so you go to Target. You know, take this. This, 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 this teacher is going to teach you what you think he has. You know what I mean? Like when I did martial arts, I didn't move from my school to go to another school. That was disrespectful. That was lack of discipline. Well, you yeah, know what that's I mean? kind of like, turn, it's like turning your back on, on everyone. You would just, you, it's like yeah. turning your back on everyone you came up with. I wouldn't 
have thought about leaving where I trained to wrestle. I would have never thought about mm-hmm. leaving there and going to train somewhere else. That it's no. just because I, I was brought up, and I'm from, and you're from the Northeast as well, correct? I'm from the Northeast, yeah. from the South Jersey yeah. area, and there's. Oh, I'm from North. I'm from North Jersey. Well, I'm from I'm from Newark. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I grew I grew up I grew up in Riverside and Bordentown, kind of oh, kind yeah, of near like Trenton and outside of Philly. That's um, why we get along. All right. yeah, but the <laughs> the mentality there, growing up, there there there's a big mentality on, like the I think loyalty is the key word in terms yes. of how you are when you interact with people, how you treat people. Yeah. I saw I had the opportunity growing up, like you knew that there was there was mafia shit going on. You knew that there yeah. was this weird subculture of things that happens in the world mm-hmm. and and through that you learn that okay you're supposed to be loyal to your kind and i'm not talking about like a race yeah. thing or anything like that but just no, no, like no. like you're like i i played football in high school everyone mm-hmm. on the football team was loyal to everyone on the football team it didn't matter if it was a you know if there was a nerdy kid or 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 if anybody was different in any sort of way they were all loyal to each other mm-hmm. And that you you take that being someone from that area, I I take that and I apply it to everything. So, you know, when I wrestle, if I'm going to wrestling school, I'm not going to leave that wrestling school. That's like turning my back on everyone. Whereas now it's kind of mm-hmm. like a, a shopping spree of, okay, well, where can I get this? Where can I get that? Where can I get that? No, you, for me, you pick a school based off of what you want to learn and what you want to be, and then you go to it and you stick to it. And then, like you hit on before, going to promotions, I've never looked at a promotion like a stepping stone. I look mm-hmm. at it like I grew up. You grew up there too. It's when I was younger. ECW was the shit. Like that is what that we was, fucking was, grew up. Yeah, the mecca. That and, was the mecca. Yeah, and, and and I every time I envision independent wrestling, I still think to this day of myself sitting up at my house on a Saturday night at like midnight on a local access TV. Oh, yeah, channel, two in the morning. Yeah, looking, at, looking for ECW. So mm-hmm. I look at it, when I go to this my my my. Would I ever want to be in a WWE? Sure. I don't know who wouldn't want to be or AEW or anything like that. But mm-hmm. I've always went to these shows, any promotion I work for, where I, I started working with IPW before I got hurt. And then the places I yeah. go in Georgia and up here, my thing is whenever yeah. I go into a promotion, it's never a stepping stool. And this is what I think people are, are lacking these days for a mindset. I don't go into a promotion thinking, like, I'll use IPW, for example. I don't go mm-hmm. work for IPW or it's never crossed my mind. Oh, I could go to work for IPW for a couple months and hopefully I can go work for Evolve or something. That's never yeah. crossed my mind. Yeah. My mindset yeah. for every show in every promotion, and since we ju- I just use it, I'll keep using them, is I'll go to an IPW and my mindset is, how, what the fuck do I need to do here at IPW to make people want to watch and see IPW? And w- how do I turn the promotion I'm working at to be the one that people want to see? It's not what do I need to do to get to where people are watching. It's what do I need to do to get people to watch where I'm at? And I think that's something yeah. that's missing for, for everybody. I, I, I think it's a fact that they're, they're losing their scope or purpose because you, you go into a school and you get to a school. Like I use my term when I went to Kearns. And I was trained prior, somewhat. I had Frenchie Martin was my original trainer, but he was in Canada. So I didn't have a lot of training. I got into business really, you know, very prematurely. Yeah. But I just thrust myself into the indie scene. When I had the opportunity and was invited to come and see, what I've always, I knew what Kern was. Oh, Skinner, right? Oh, cool. That's whatever. I didn't know the, the levels of him. I was a big fan of the Malinko School, which was an opening camp no more because they had closed. And then, um, of course, like, I, growing up up north, the only school that I ever wanted to go to up north was the, um, 
Samoan school out in uh, Allentown. Yep, yeah, you know I, I, mean? that I was, remember that was near me, and I had lo- I had looked at that, yeah. and I looked at the Monster Factory. Monster and, Factory, but yeah. I, I just was big on the fact that you know, like uh, my dad lived in Bethlehem, was right across when he moved from New York to Bethlehem for a while. So I was yeah. like, oh my god, I passed by the school when I was like 14, 15 years old. I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. You know what I mean? They're that's the Wild Samoans. You know, when I came down here, I, like I didn't jump. There was other schools, there wasn't as many, but you know, they had Dory Funk deal down, I forgot where he's at, and these other places that are around, there wasn't a lot of school, but still, I was committed. This was about teamwork, and like you said, up north, teamwork. It's about, we were part of a, a, a you're part of a, a, a club here. This is, you joined this. Yep. You, you're going to pursue it 100%. I want to take everything I can get from this man, and from him and Del Rey, and every other person that's here, you know, like, you know if that's what I want, Buck Quarterman, Lex Ledger, all these guys that were there, you know, that I just can't tell you. Plus, it was, you know, there's no better place to be at um, at that time for me was to be with Kern. I wasn't going to abandon. So, you know, I would have still been there too, but then he got called up to the, you know, yeah, WB took him, <laughs> you know? So, but that being said, I never thought once, I need to leave. I need to run away. I need to go, I don't like what he's teaching me. I don't like the way he does that. Because those same people that have gone to those Two or three, and I'm, you know they're out there. I've gone. You see the same person who went to three different schools, and they they have not gotten better. No. That's the problem. I you think not go out of your way. Not, yeah, but. I think it's really important. And and my my thought process has always been: um, you go you go to a school, you pick a school. That's the one that you go to, and it's usually better when it happens organically. When I started training, it kind of happened. I don't want to say organically because I reached out to go there. Obviously, nobody made me go, but I I was with somebody that I worked with. We went to a, it was a Lucha Libre show. And then after the show, someone was handing out flyers and it was Mm -hmm. for the promotion that I ended up training with. And to me, that was like, okay, this is my calling now. I'm at this point, I was like 25 years old, 24, 25. I just, I guess you could use the word retired from football. I was trying to play, uh, I was trying to make football work and I ended up playing semi-pro for a couple of years. I had a tryout with a pro arena team. I got cut. And it was at that point where I'm like, okay, well, football's not going to work out. I'm I'm at the age now where I don't have enough time to make it to a point where I would want to. So let's get into wrestling. And it got laid there on my lap basically, and I started going to school. And then my my thing is, you you go to a school, whichever one that you happen to go to. And then I find more pride and honor in going to that school. If anyone were to do this, going to a school giving it your all, taking everything you can learn from those trainers, and then you should be proud to be able to say, I am a, I am an offspring of these people, and this is my mm-hmm. style, and this is how he's taught. You, you, you shouldn't... The, the great, the great, great, great wrestlers knew who they were trained by, and they took that, and they branched off of that, and they made some things their own, but they weren't trained by 700 different schools. They were a product of this school where they came from and they offered something different. Whereas now everybody wants to be like everyone else. So they'll go try to learn everything from everyone else. And then you're, you're, you have too many eggs for the Easter basket, basically. Whereas Mm -hmm. you could focus on that one school and learning as much as you possibly can. And maybe they don't teach you some of the things that the other schools do, but you don't need that for your repertoire necessarily because other people obviously haven't, and you are able to produce uh, something unique about yourself to where you're not a, you, you know, you you didn't come out of some weird sex orgy with a bunch of different things all over you. You you're just one <laughs> thing, and that and you yeah. focus on that, and it's that's where that loyalty comes into play. Of 
you know, I'm a product of this guy or I'm a product of that guy. And this is the school I came from. And this is what they taught me. And this is how we do business. And that, that it's in my, in my opinion, is kind of lost in the world of wrestling. That, that loyalty aspect of where you came from and remembering where you came from. And then, of course, hopefully those places that you came from teaching you the things that you need to know in order to not look like a jackass when you show up to a mm-hmm. wrestling event. But I, I, I don't know. I was curious on, this, on the whole school issue with down there. I, I like all – I get along with pretty much – I don't I don't think I have anybody that I dislike in the world of pro wrestling. I hope nobody dislikes me. I, I generally like to think of myself – as a relatively nice guy, I do talk some shit. Don't like cruiserweights, so and so, so and so forth. But the uh, I, I get along with everybody, and what it, for me the biggest thing is a lot. I've seen you know. I think some people get worried. Uh, I've seen great looking guys, no homo, come into the wrestling business, mm-hmm. and I've thought to myself, as and even heavyweights do this, especially now more than often. I feel like because. I, I, we really are a kind of a cruiserweight based business right now because everybody kind of seemed to yeah. stop working out, but. Sometimes you'll sit there and I'll see a guy come on a show and I'll be like, man, they're going to replace me. Now, I don't – the the real – what really ends up happening is they just get rid of – they get rid of somebody else because people can argue this all they want. Promoters are going to put bigger guys on the show if, if they can have them and they're affordable. But um, I, wrestling is a business where you can see the best-looking guy come in the world and, and they're, they quit. Every So many people quit. So many people that you're – that you get – uh, nervous about a spot quit they don't they don't keep mm-hmm. with it and you can never tell who it's going to be or, or where it's going to be so there's there's no reason to ever sometimes we we stress over things that don't matter but and i think it's important for people to just go with the grind stick to what you know uh go and learn some other things depending on how it is but you don't need to go to 500 different schools necessarily um and and you just you, you stay honest to yourself and honest to what you learned and you just try to branch off that and be humble and don't be an asshole about things. That That's pretty much the easiest way to put it kind of in a really fucked up nutshell. Cause I know I kind of, I could kind of go off topic here or there, but you, you've been around a while. I'm curious to know, cause you've had a number of matches you've wrestled all over the place. Like myself, I've wrestled, I've, I, I feel cool. I could say I wrestled around the world, so on and so forth, but yeah. I'm sure you've wrestled an array of talent. You had to have, you've been around a minute who has been your, your toughest opponent that you've ever had to work with and why. And I, I don't, I don't mean toughest, like hardest to deal with. I mean, toughest, like, Holy shit. I could hit this guy with a fucking truck and he's not going to slow down. He's fucking gassing me out, whatever. That, that, that's, that, that's what I, who, who has that, who has that tough guy been that you had to stand across? Oh, man. I, 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 I got it. I got to put him over, man. He's like, I'm going to send me a check, really. Uh, I got to put over Bruce Santee, man. Uh, Bruce Santee, I'll tell you this quick story, uh, was the premier top heavyweight in the state for years. You know what I mean? Like, was, like he was the, the guy. Yeah. No lie. People still talk about, it. I'm sure you heard of him, you know, you know, the, the stories and he's, he's probably the most straight, overly straight over guy or straightforward Dude, guy I, you ever meet. But before, before you, before you yeah. even continue, I've met Bruce one time. Yeah. We're friends on Facebook. We've commented on each other's yeah. shit here and there. Um, I think we yeah. definitely would get along if we were hanging out, but Oh yeah, he's cool. People, the only the only the only show I've ever seen him at was, and I I don't know if you remember this. There was I I can't remember if you were there or not. It was WrestleMania weekend. It was in Orlando, I believe it was Orlando, Florida. Someone mm-hmm. had booked the show. I was supposed to work. Um, fuck, what was his name? Uh, the Cuban Assassin on this okay. on this show. 
the show started. No one did a match yet, and then they and then they canceled the show. Oh yeah, I I was there. I was supposed to tag. Uh, me and Daniel were tagging. Yes. Ryan was tagging. So that yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, yeah. I was I was on that show. I was dressed ready to go. They canceled, and that's neither yeah. here nor there. What happened? But but Bruce was yeah. there, and I remember getting yeah. back in the car with because Bruce is. Super cool dude. I think he was. I think he was drinking Jack Daniels or Fireball from the fucking bottle. And Fireball. We, Fireball. We, we we get in the car and we start driving back to Tampa. And I'm with Brian and Mike, yeah. the Dirty Blondes. And I, yeah, I was yeah. just like, "Who the fuck was that big crazy motherfucker drinking <laughs> that liquor straight from the bottle?" Like he came across like the one dude. If there was one dude in that locker room that I would not mm-hmm. go up to and say, "Hey, fuck you." That that would have been him, because he looked like yeah. he was ready to beat someone's ass, and he he came across like he does not give two fucks, and I like that. That 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 is yeah yeah inspiring he's, he's, he's uh yeah that was that was WrestleMania yeah it was Orlando weekend we were working for FUW yeah and um yeah that, that show got canceled for you know a number of different promotional reasons I don't blame the promoter at all it was just the building itself. And uh, I go back with Howard and stuff around that. And we're supposed to go against, actually, the Bronze and us were on this gauntlet gimmick. Uh-huh. And they canceled it because the Bronze were the champions and stuff like that for that promotion. But uh, we're still are the champions. <laughs> so, yeah, like you, champions, yeah, like you, you, you said, nothing against Howard or anybody to put the show together. I like Howard got hooked me up with uh, Thunder down there. So, I mean, not uh, with yeah. respect for him. Uh, but Howard, that, Favorite promoters, man. He's yeah, he, one of the coolest dudes, bro. Cool dude to work with. But yeah, so you you said yeah. Bruce is your toughest. What makes Bruce? What 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 is that like? Pony, yeah. Well, coming up, Bruce is old. Bruce is IPW alumni, bro. He came up trained by Navy Seal. I mean, and Billy Five. Like he was that guy. He was just that dude. And he, he's you know he's a state champion wrestler. He's just a tough dude. He just emanates, in my opinion. The type of wrestlers like that time for you to be like, right? Guys just out there. You never changes. So he was very intimidating, you know, and you know, us northerners, you know, I don't do intimidation, you know, but he was intimidated. I won't lie. Yeah. And, uh, working the shows with him, I was coming up to see him a little bit around 05, 06. I've really been in business for a while. I just never got my, 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 my push until I got involved with the ACW in the beginning in the birth. And I was just working, just getting opportunities to work with a lot of guys and just, my opinion, just trying to do my best to climb. Anyways, I tell you this quick story, and this is why uh, Bruce. One day after a match, I wrestled. Uh, he comes up to me upstairs, and uh, I'm up there changing in the lock by myself, uh-huh. mind you. And uh, he's like, "Eddie, what the fuck is Eddie?" <laughs> I'm like, "What the fuck did I do?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what did I do? Like, I'm I, I, I'm taking off my my boots. I'm like. I'm being wrong because I think we're going to fight. Yeah. You know, like I'm going to say, I'm not going to go out. I think, I, I'm, I'm thinking in my head while I hear him come up the steps. I'm like, I'm up here. He comes up and I get up. You know, you know, you know, you hear somebody coming at you. You don't know what you're going to do. You're going to get up and get ready, yeah. you know? And he says, sit down, sit down. And I'm not saying this to myself over. It was the most humbling moment because this is the guy I felt was the guy to me. Like, yeah. This is the guy I want to be. He wrestled everybody. He was everywhere. He was the best unsigned heavyweight, in my opinion. Everyone knew it. Because um, I'd be grabbing, sit down. He said, I don't understand you. I'm like, what? What, do you, what do you understand? Like, maybe he's maybe I just sound wrong. You know, he told me straight up, man, you know how good you are? I'm like, what? I, I have no idea. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I, I don't know what the, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's like, he's tricking me here. Maybe I'm not good. You know what I mean? He said, no, 
no. I, he made a event that night. He was a heavyweight champion. I prior wrestled him. I had the crowd, man. Like I was, I'm all about the crowd. You know, I, I, I go out there and I work my ass off, bro. I, if you and me in there, we working, bro. We, we working together. We're working. That's how I come up. No matter what we're doing, we, we're in there together. We're a team. We're working this out to get this match to be over. Yeah. And he, uh, he just started telling me all these things, man. Telling me I need to, you know, work on my body, get better gear. I mean, he was just coming at me like a vet would do, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I was telling you a month later, Spring Hill, Florida, I'll never forget this. I get the call, hey, uh, we're going to have you, something happen, and like, we're going to have you main event against Bruce. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, to me, I'm like, this guy could call everything in the ring. This guy could do it all. His, and I'm like, all right. Now, I'm 5'9", dude. Bruce, I'm probably 5'10", 11, the best. Okay, I ain't going to lie. This guy's six foot, jack, on jack, on, you know, Four locals crazy, and that's how we did it, you yeah. know? And I get in there, and Florida's like, all right, we're going to have you do this and that. And Bruce, Bruce coming up to me and said, oh, you ready to work? Like he, he just just talks. You ready to go? It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm with him. Yep, I'm ready. You know, I don't think you're ready. I'm ready. Nah, you ain't ready. You ain't ready. I'm going to beat your ass. I'm going, okay? <laughs> Whatever's going to happen. Uh, so I remember I get in there, and I'm like, the one thing I need to do, is prove myself. This is the guy to prove myself. This is the guy. This is the guy is going to get me up, right? No matter what, this is the guy. If I could prove myself to him and back here and in there, no matter what, I'm going to take any abuse he gives me. I'm going I'm to keep getting up. The Rocky mentality, you know? And I'm like, so he goes in there, bro. Let me show you something, dude. Eat my ass. But I kept getting up, bro. Chopped me to the point where my skin was tender. Back chopped me. He slammed me hard, blah, blah, blah. We worked this whole match. I mean, I'm gasping. I'm blown, but I used to quit. So I came in there, he hits me with the big move. I mean, I remember he gave me an Alabama slam ball. My, the swing was that low, but he put me so high in my head when I had hair, scraped the freaking tiles. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, dude. Long story short, we get in the back. People are like, quiet. I think I messed up. He comes back there, and you know Bruce is about you if he does it. Yeah. Eddie, great shit. Bob, Bob, hug me, man. He lifts me up, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm broken. No one knows this. But I'm hurting. And uh, so he comes in there. He's like, oh, he goes down. He starts breaking it down. We're going to have it. We're going we're gonna to make this keep going. And I remember leaving. The best story I could say to end to wrap it up, I'm, I'm, I'm toughing it up. I'm in, I'm in the highest level right now. I went against the best heavyweight in the scene in Tampa and Florida, period. And I get in the car, and my, my buddy is like, you all right? I said, yeah. Everybody's not looking? Said, yeah. I'm moaning so loudly. He's like, what? I said, bro, I am beat the fuck up. <laughs> you know, like I was so beat up, everything hurt. I was in pain. My my neck. I mean, I, I've never felt like I feel like I, I got jumped when I was a kid, plenty of times. I feel like I got jumped, okay. And like it was ridiculous. But the ability to wake up the next day and say, and, and again, this was social. This wasn't social media big time. I mean, MySpace was around, right? I think or something. AOL. And I remember seeing the dirt sheets. Like he's at the forums. I remember like, yo, Eddie, you know, Bruce tore it up and yeah. things like that. I'm getting called like, hey, we're going to have you do a, a... And I wrestled Bruce almost for a full year and I lost every single one of them, dude. And I kept figuring out ways how to keep losing to him to where it made sense. And this guy took care of me. He taught me. He was a mentor to me, but he's one of my best friends in the wrestling business and even outside. He's one of the most respectful, toughest, but one of the most respected guys. If you earn his respect, he'll do anything for you. Yeah. No, that's good. He, that's, that's wrestling. 
No, he seems like a good. He see. He's always seemed like a good yeah. dude to me. Kind of one of those people that yeah. myself as a heavyweight, I look at stuff that he's yeah. done, and to me, that's one of those things where I'm in the same boat. Where I sit there and I think, like, man, if I want to aspire to be someone, if mm-hmm. I want people to talk about me, I want them to talk about me like that. I want that memory yeah. to be like that. Certainly is a good thing. Um, yeah, we have. We have almost out of time here now. That was great uh, in terms of that. I think that you've done good shit and you're going to keep doing good shit, obviously. Hopefully when all this shit, this shit going on right now is over, mm-hmm. um, we should all have some good stuff lined up. But what do you have? Okay. You, you don't have any shows to plug. <laughs> None of us do right now, obviously. But <laughs> what, do you have, what do you have going on that you'd want to have anyone listening go check out, whether it's your instagram facebook twitter whatever whatever social media platforms you may have or anything that you have coming up or if there's any type of thing that you'd like to shout out or anything like that this is your opportunity say whatever the fuck you want all right uh well i mean like i said um the only show i got coming up honestly i just kind of i just locked into town everything works up bccw in june 27th um they, they actually contacted me about running a show if the world's good by then mm-hmm. uh, i'm champion over there um and you know, I, 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 it's a great promotion. I will put them over. Um, a lot of places I love working for. I mean, keep checking out content for IPW, uh, content for uh, different promotions that I'm involved with. I mean, I, I think the biggest thing is everybody needs to continue watching wrestling. He watched independent stuff, support independent wrestling, period. Because you know, this is what we all do. What we have to do to kind of, you know, this is the make. It, this is the breadwinner to me nowadays. Independent wrestling is much more entertaining for me. But for me. I have my Facebook page at the Authority Editors on Facebook, a direct page. I'm pushing a lot of my old matches on there that no one's ever seen before on YouTube or anything like that. So I've been trying to push old content and against guys that I've worked that no one thought I ever worked, yeah. <laughs> you know. And uh, you know, I have a lot of laundry list of guys. Um, my Twitter, I've been trying to pick up on, which you know, I'm I'm, I'm not that popular on there, but I'm working it. Which is uh, at Editors. Uh, my 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 uh, my look at me. My Instagram. Uh, Eddie Torres also, but primarily all my works on Facebook, um, uh, promote my uh, YouTube channel more. Um, we start doing more Facebook live videos coming up with uh, random wrestlers myself. So I might hit you up. We might have a little face on face session. Dude, I, I'd, be, uh, you I'd, know, be, I'd be down for that. I've seen people doing that yeah, lately. I, I, and I've been interested in it. Yeah. I'm trying to do, well, the platform for that is I'm trying to push something where it's kind of like the meeting of minds, trying to, like we did today. I know, and kind of just discuss a topic or two and just get into kind of like a, rather than interview, we're just put, putting our perspective. Like ESPN does when they talk about certain like sports matters, they have like a segue, something like that. I'm trying to do something because I'm interested in learning the business. Yeah. Even at this infancy, even though I've been doing it for 18 years, I'm still a student to the game, man. I still love to learn. I still like to study. I still like to watch matches. I still, I, I critique people. I know I'm a little rough on the edges. Thank God you like me. So, uh, <laughs> a lot of people like me, a lot of people want to admit it, but I, I, if people, I'm not always right, but I'm, I'm honest. And again, I, I think I give that to guys like Bruce and T and other vets and people that I've come up with a business with, because what we lack in wrestling is, is, is honesty. We live in a world where everything, I, yeah, is I, I, wish, we need honesty. I wish people were more honest with everything. And then my, my whole yeah. thing with just wrestling, you said a rough around the edges and shit to me. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is maybe this is a heavyweight wrestler mindset in terms of like you said I don't mm-hmm. I stay on my feet dude I I worked for Booker T I remember for four months and he would like mm-hmm. scold me if I were to step on the bottom turnbuckle you know I there I mm-hmm. have no he taught me and 
maybe some maybe somebody on the independent level thinks that they more no more than he does. There probably are people to think that, but he told me, yeah. and this is a WWE Hall of Famer, to never go. Yeah. I have no reason to go to the top rope. I have no reason to leave my feet. And to me, the rough around the edges thing, there is nothing better than maybe not having a perfect sequence put together, but it just looks like people are beating their asses and stuff in the ring. And then when it comes down to opinion mm-hmm. and talking to people, I'm going to give mm-hmm. you my honest assessment. I'm not going to lie and beat around the bush and act like, oh, I'm afraid to make you mad. You know what I mean? No, fuck it. If you want to know mm-hmm. what my fucking opinion is, I'm going to tell you. And if you're not happy with it, well, I guess you won't ask me again. But that's what you're going to get yeah. if you want to bring it to the table. Yeah. But no, yeah. so we, we got we got everywhere to look out for you, especially IPW, GCW down there. Gen, that's Generation Championship Wrestling down there, correct? Correct. Yeah, so that those are a place to look out for Eddie. And then, of course, like you said, his social media uh, pages and platforms. Um, dude, mm-hmm. it's it's been a good talk. If you do that Facebook Live stuff, hit me up. I'm willing to go on there and do that kind of stuff. Uh, but this is going to wrap up the episode for this week. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. It's Friday morning right now. This episode should be edited and put up at some point today. I'm not going to promise super early, but hopefully before prime time tonight. Uh, but it will be up for my Friday deadline that I've always set for myself that I seem to be a shitbag on meeting. Um, but it'll be up. Hopefully, you know, share it, let people listen to it. If you're listening to the podcast and you've never listened to it before, um, do me a favor, hit the subscribe button. Or if you're a lazy sack of shit and you don't want to hit the subscribe button, just know that you can always go to ryanocean.com and you can listen to every episode that's ever been put out. They're on there. You just pick what you want and you hit play. But it is much easier if you have Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, just hit the subscribe button. And then every single time a new episode comes out, you will get a notification for it, or it'll be right on your fucking phone. You can see it. You can hit play. You can listen to it. does good things, good shit. I'm not here pushing anything crazy. I don't have any fucking sponsorships. I don't have anything insane like that. This is this is strictly to get people on and to get people to listen to what they have to say and give a different mindset and perspective on whoever the fuck it is I'm talking to that particular week. This week, it was the Authority Eddie Torres. Eddie, again, I want to thank you for coming on. I really do genuinely appreciate your time. I love the stories that you talked. I love the shit that we talked about. And we have the same mindset on a lot of things and the same people and the respect for the same people brought both brought up the same way, same part of the country, a lot of things in common. I really appreciate you coming on, like I said. And everyone out there listening, I hope you have a good fucking weekend and a good week sitting in your house or whatever the fuck it is. Hopefully they lift some of this shit up and let us go outside and do some things here soon. But that is going to wrap it up for this week's episode of the Ryan Ocean Podcast. I want the film! I want the camera! Call 9-1-1 now! Voice of